Welcome to Permission to Fail, the podcast. My name is Bella Kaja, and together with my co-host Diana Rahman, we are here to explore the stories about failures and how we can turn them into meaningful success. Each week, we discuss topics that matter to women, and together with our experts in these subject matters, we hope you find strength amidst all the challenges. This episode is brought to you by Catherine Cole, an advocate of the Alliance Club. To support, please contact 984-365-31 for more information. Catherine has helped to organize passionate working women bakers to come forward and bake with love for charity despite their busy schedules. Together, the efforts of this baking event will be awarded Singapore Book of Records for highest number of baked cookies given to their beneficiaries in celebration of Singapore National Day 2021. Hey everybody and welcome to the next episode of Permission to Fail, the podcast. I am so excited to be here. My name is Bella Kaja and I have here my co-host, Diana Rahman. Yeah. So yeah. we have Anne and Faye. Uh, as yeah. our guest speaker today. So, a little bit of Anne, about Anne. Now, I just got yeah. to know her, but I, like, let's see, how long have we known each other, Anne? About a couple of months, right? Yes. Wow. But I think we know each other on a certain level that is worth um, exploring about. Anne is a leadership coach and coach wow. trainer. You are my coach. <laughs> my yeah. trainer as well. Wow. And you are from the Leadership Coaching School, and the website is leadershipcoachingschool.com. You, yep. And you have 15 years of this coaching experience under your belt. Mm. Right. And so how has it been as a leadership coach so far? Yeah. yeah. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm so <laughs> excited to have you. Yeah, and go, yeah, go ahead. We're empowering women. So nice. I think coaching is starting to be a real uh, career and it's becoming more and more popular because people realize that when you have a coach, you do have permission to fail and you have more permission to succeed. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. And okay, so going to the topic that we're going to talk about today, um, we everybody any genders, yeah. But of course, our specific we want to help women and if the men as well. Now, everybody, now there are many people who go through divorces, right? I've been through a divorce, and you went through a divorce. Now, many people have been through divorces, and many topics have been or many shows or many podcasts or videos have talked about the struggles a person going divorce goes through and also there are many help that are always mentioned about the availability of the help that is at hand however we're going to touch a little bit about the work part of a person going through a divorce now and you recently went through a divorce i would say three years ago mm-hmm. not sure how if that would be considered recent but then again i think the wounds are still fresh pretty fresh still still very fresh it's still very recent because i think um i just met someone uh this week and she said she took 
more than 10 years to get over hers. So I guess, uh, well, one never knows how deep that can go for each person. Every divorce is different. Every woman is different. Yeah. So around work, so um, it happened. I, actually, I was the one who raised the divorce. Uh, well, you I, was okay. it. I was the one who, who raised after, it. After yeah. After marriage? After 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh, I felt that it wasn't going the right direction. Uh, I was going up, he was going down, and yeah. it was just tearing apart the relationship. Yeah. So rather than <laughs> continue that way. What, was it one of those that you felt that you were growing and he is not growing with you? both are not growing together as a couple. Was that Yes, in every aspect. We met while we were partying. So I guess from party animal... Uh, I think I started to expand myself. I started to get more into understanding of people. And that's also when I started learning about respecting other people and getting to know them and empowering them. And by the way, oh, that, uh, that was how I started coaching others. Wow. And I think somehow as you start giving to others, you end up receiving a lot. So in the end, every problem that someone had was a reflection back to me on where I could grow. And so, exactly, so, <laughs> so he right. so I was growing and he was continuing to party or even worse, getting more drunk. And uh, okay. money-wise, I was also growing my career, I was being promoted, uh, job expansion, and then he decided to get less and less <laughs> responsibility. So money-wise, um, mindset-wise, everything was just going north versus south, yeah. Right, right. I think as a couple, married couple, I think, Bella, what do you think about this? Yeah. As a couple, married couple especially, you yeah. both have to continuously grow together. Yeah, yeah. And I have to thank you, Anne, for sharing. And, and I heard, uh, Dee, I mean, like, this is the first time that Anne is really opening up herself mm -hmm. um, to us. And uh, it is an honor to have you and share your truth uh, because we are really hoping that, like, uh, you know, me as a married woman, uh, and um, and I'm hearing this, and it's not about being fearful about my own marriage, but it's about learning, um, learning from other women's experience, so that I can, you know, I can have permission to fail, right? Mm -hmm. If it does fail, I, I, uh, you know, I should be okay um, about it. Um, so I think, uh, I think my question to Anne and to pick up from where D um, is coming from is, do you feel like, a, do you feel like a failure? Um, the fact that you left the divorce, is there any part of that journey where you go like, oh my gosh, maybe it is my fault. It is maybe, it, it is maybe because, um, you know, it is, it is me who, who um, you know, um, who has caused all of this. Do you feel like that, Anne? It's really funny. The first thing when uh, someone finds out that you're divorced, the first few words is, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and somehow as part of that, I kind of respond and say, I'm not sorry. You know, I, Good I, comeback. I, I yes. went through hell. I went through <laughs> yeah. hell with the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was one of a really difficult one. But yeah. I'm glad I made the decision because at the end of the day, as women or even as human beings, we need to learn to honor ourselves, to honor where we are, uh, where we're going in life. Uh, so while you try your best to make it work, you know, build the trust, engage the person, communicate, share, you know, enlist other people to come and help, you know. But when it really doesn't work out, um, I don't consider it as a failure. It's just that two individuals have grown apart and we've decided to, to move. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, somebody told me that it is never a failure, a failure in relationship, even though, you know, those past relationships that we had and then we break up and then we move on to another relationship, right? Somebody told me that it is never a failure. It's just mm. that you both have ended your time together. Mm. Now it's time for you to grow with some someone else. Someone else or on your own? Yeah. On your own, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So um, I'm, we're incredibly grateful for everything that happens in our life. The people who come in that do good, the people who are we see as bad, but they're not really bad because they are the ones who help us to grow. So everything that happens is actually a blessing because otherwise we won't we won't be where we are. We just need to keep looking for the the, the blessing or the the silver lining, right? Mm. On the topic of you know, just now we were uh, you mentioned whenever I, I went through this as well. You mentioned that when somebody you 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 share with somebody, I'm going through a divorce or I'm divorced, the response is I'm sorry, right? I got that a lot as well. However, I also realized that if I meet someone else who tells me I'm going through a divorce, I probably will say that having been through it myself, I probably would say I'm sorry because I just don't know what else to say. I don't know whether to be happy for you or to be sad for you or to be sorry for you. What do you think would be both yeah. of you line and what do you yeah. think would be appropriate responses when somebody says yeah. um, I'm going through a divorce or I'm divorced? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. How are I you agree. doing? How are you doing? Yeah. Instead of saying I'm sorry, which usually is the the, the natural outcome. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, I think the that that's a good one. The ideal response could be, oh, so how are you doing? Right? Yeah. How are you yeah. doing with with that that um with genuine concern, not curiosity. Mm. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 And I have a question for Anne as well. And I feel like um, as a leadership coach, right? I mean, you and your, uh, you in this path of your, I mean, like uh, in your professional work, um, all of us, and I feel as women, we are such empath, like we absorb each other's emotions and we give away a lot of our emotions. So we are such emotional creatures. Do you feel that like the, the little milestones that you have for yourself in your life, and in this case, your marriage and a divorce, do you feel that it has made you into a better leader? Hmm. I won't just say leader means you're a better person. Because I think everything we go through just gives us that amount of experience. So the more we go through, I feel like it's like expanding of ourselves and also our empathy and our compassion, right? So when you've gone through so much and someone comes in with something similar or even something different, your heart and your soul just goes out to that person. And that's when uh, we use a term called holding space, which is not really in the corporate world. But it's just a matter of being able to contain and be able to be there for that person. And I think that's what's most important. And that's why when you say as a leader, uh, I, I truly believe that all of us are leaders, whether you have the title or not, because you're a leader at home with your kids, with your family and at work with your friends. Uh, when you talk about leadership, it's really about being able to support people to where they want to go. It's not the that I will follow me, you know, <laughs> like, I'm the leader. But it's more like, hey, how are you guys doing? Let's let's go together. You know, yeah. I'm here with you. Where do you want to be? Let's go. Let's go and do it together. And and because of that empathy that you build up, it definitely will make you a much better leader. Not someone that is there with authority and title, but someone whom others say, I respect you. I know what you've been through. I trust you and I'll come with you. That kind of yeah. leadership. These days, right, talking about uh, I trust you, I believe in you, and I respect you, all these, are these this is what you call holding space, right, or giving mm. the person space. So talking about space and holding space, and then just now you mentioned that it's not in the corporate world. So we're going to delve a little bit into that. Um, corporate world, this one here, 
I would say, okay, when you were going through the divorce, what were you doing in your career at that point of time? Mm, I was leading a team across Asia Pacific at a global Fortune 500 company. Oh, wow. Yeah. What what I, what I didn't do, or rather what I did was I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> um, because yeah. in the corporate world, sometimes it's very competitive. Yeah. If people um, uh, know that you're going through something, you probably yeah. next be the next on the chopping board. So yeah. I actually decided to keep quiet about my situation because I didn't want people to think that I would compromise on the delivery of my work. Uh, so I only told my boss. Yeah, interesting. You did, not, you did not tell anyone, as in you did not tell your colleagues. You only told your mm. boss. Yeah, when you were saying that um, when you're going through something like this, you tend to be on the chopping board. Mm. Meaning to say that are you talking about being let go? From yes. The yes. Yes. So I think in in. It may not be the same in all companies, but the company that I was with in the industry is pretty much um, very much on performance. So if you're performing, you stay. If you're not performing, you don't. And even if you're performing, sometimes you're asked to go because of cost-cutting measures or restructuring and so on. So we're always, you know, on our toes. Um, so if I were to tell people that I was going through divorce, um, that would mean that, you know, I, I may be in a weaker position, that I may not be delivering uh, up to par or over delivering on what I need to do. So then you would tend to be <laughs> top of the list, you know, uh, when it comes to any restructuring. So there's always that fear. Uh, and of course, going through the divorce, um, a lot of money is spent, right, <laughs> on legal fees and all yeah. that. So um, I was a bit careful about, you know, where I was financially. So I chose to keep quiet. Um, well, actually, an interesting thing is, as I started to go into uh, more into coaching and now I do a lot of team coaching with companies, I realized actually that kind of culture can be built where you can have caring uh, bosses and colleagues where you can be open to share your struggles, right? Mm. So in the company, they did say that to bring your whole self to work. But mm. while management said that, it was not believable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I chose to keep quiet. All right. So, so here's the thing, right? How can then, like, um, how can we as employers, because I, I am an employer, uh, how can we, how can we embed these principles that you mentioned into the work culture? Do you feel like there is still hope? Do you feel like the work culture and our systems can still allow for empathy, especially to women who go through such, um, um, uh, you know, to, to such uh, very difficult times? Do you think there's still hope for all of us? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of empathy for women who give birth and have maternity leave. Yeah. Those are like yeah. the, <laughs> the standard, the standard, standard norm. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the happy but, events. <laughs> the happy events. But I think for the less happy events, I think it hasn't reached that point because to build a culture like this, you really need to demonstrate trust. It's yeah. not just talking about it. Uh, it's yeah. not like a law that gazettes that you have X number of hours that you can take time off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as employers, the first thing is to really get to know your team mm -hmm. and, and to know that it is okay not to be okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and once you, you have to walk the talk and then it's believable. I always see that companies have got like the standard policy and then whether the managers follow it and whether they really believe it. So, so you really have to fully encompass that and build relationships with the team. That's when they can open up. 
Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, how true is that, right? It starts from the top. And I'm thinking, like, okay, how empathetic am I to this? Because I'm thinking, okay, business is like, you know, it's, it's very much like, uh, it's numbers, right? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I run a, a company that's all female. And I'm, I'm hearing this. And, and you're right. Uh, I am already, my, my, my staff, they are all getting married. And I have to understand. I have to understand. I have to let them go. I go like, yes, enjoy. Go ahead and enjoy yourself. But when it comes to such tricky situations like this, am I ready to to um to you know um to offer them that listening ear, you know, or, or to even offer them um you know a space, time away from work? Um, uh, is is something that can be done? And I really believe, right, D. I think this is um. I think work cultures can change. It can. Yeah, for sure. And that's why yeah. I make it now my profession <laughs> to help companies yeah. to change the culture. It starts yeah. by opening up yourself to share your own story. And if imagine yeah. each one of your employees or teammates share their story, how, how deep is that engagement? So it's about connecting heart yeah. to heart. Then you yeah. have that space. Yeah. I agree. And you're wonderful. I do not know. I mean, like, uh, it's that comeback, right? That that beautiful comeback, right? From like, from wherever you were before in a situation. I mean, it affects the mental health. Mm. It affects yourself spiritually. It mm. affects us, us you know, uh, holistically. Mm. Tell us some of the things that you, you know, you did to actually get over it and mm. move past that. How do you move past that? Tell us what are some of the things that you did to um, be happy with yourself. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think it takes time. I mean, the first thing I did was bury myself in work, which in contradiction <laughs> to what yeah. popular belief is you slept yeah. on your work. I, right. I actually ended up working harder and past midnight just to, you know, focus on something productive to take my mind and heart away from it. I think yeah. that, that probably is the temporary relief <laughs> until, you know, you're faced with the hard facts and then the numbers start coming in after paying off the lawyer and paying off the guy and all that. Um, mm. Then I think the... What I also found was uh, practicing mindfulness and meditation because really your mind is like working over time. You, you think of the past, you think about the future, you worry, you reminisce, and then you, you still have questions on whether have you made the right decision, right? Even after, you know, throughout the three years. And, um, and you always think about whether was there another way to solve it. But, but even though the decision had already been made, having thoroughly considered and made all the efforts, so um, mindfulness and meditation is one way. And I think I, I, it's all personal, right? Everyone's reaction is different. I withdrew into a shell because I just uh, didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Uh, it was too painful to talk about it. So, how do you feel coming to work? When you're going to work, how do you feel leaving I the home? I, I didn't want to meet people as well. So yeah. uh, I was lucky that I was in the regional job. So I was able to work from home. Um, and, and conduct a lot of meetings. That was pre-COVID, right? Literally just uh, one or two years before COVID. So being able to work from home, but you still see each other face-to-face -face on, on, yeah. online. But I think not having a bit of that social element kind of like kept me sane because I wasn't about to go and uh, interact. But I did have a couple of people that I reached out to at work, uh, one teammate and one of my ex-bosses who, <laughs> whom, whom I, I spoke with, he was, he was so shocked. Um, and two of my two of my girlfriends actually uh, insisted on coming to look for me because I had to run away from my home because of the um, uh, let's just say harassment. Yeah. yeah, I literally packed my clothes into a bag and left the home that I bought even before I met yeah. the guy, uh, yeah. and, and I moved to the one room apartment just to yeah. get to the other side of the island. And my girlfriends actually um, met me where I was, 
yeah. uh, just to check check on me. So I think very very grateful for for friends reaching out and people yeah. to one or two, you know, not many, just one or two that you can tell them mm. and have you know, have them support you, you know, mentally yeah. and emotionally. And we are here for you. And yes, thank you. Yeah, and this circle of, uh, I mean, like the idea of this podcast is to, um, is to, is to, is in hopes that we are able to elevate each other, mm. right? Ourselves that permission to fail. Um, and I and I say this with full conviction. Uh, and that adage of like women can do it all. Yes, although it's true we can do it. Or sometimes you don't have to do it all. We don't have to be that cookie cutter perfect corporate in career. No, we don't have to have that. So, um, what are what are what are some of the wisdom that you feel like um you wanna you can share with women who are going through this right now? Yeah, my tears are coming out. <laughs> and thank you, and thank you. I take your time. Take your time. Thank you for sharing this with us. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm thank crying you. because it, yeah. I'm grateful for the people who came to my lives. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so I guess what I like to share is that for people who are going through it, yeah. I know sometimes it's really difficult to reach out. Um, just find one or two and I think it would really help. Uh, and also, I think the advice to other women is reach out to the person that you know is going through some yeah. difficult times in their lives. Yeah. You mentioned that you told your boss, right? Yeah. yeah. To, wait, you did not tell any of your colleagues uh, you except, only, for, except for one and my ex-boss. Your, yeah. your boss back then, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, I mean, one of the reasons why we're doing this uh, particular topic is because one of the, the, the things that, one of the factors that made it sort of more bearable, you going through the divorce, is your boss. Yes. The support of your boss. Let's talk about your boss. Uh, he or she? It's a he. Oh, it's a uh, he. Yeah, it's a wonderful guy. <laughs> um, so I, I, I told him because I needed time off to go to the lawyer's office, prepare yeah. documents, uh, literally 10 years of financial documents. I had to go to every single uh, institution to get them. Um, so he was very supportive. He said, take your time. Uh, you know, uh, if you need to go, just go. Uh, you know, I, I trust that you'll be, be balancing. And if you need someone to talk to, you can talk to me. And yeah. so I think that uh, that really helped because I think he was very supportive when I had meetings. Uh, he came into the meetings and, and he knew. He knew that I was working hard. And he basically had just one word, which is trust. He had a lot of trust in me. Um, and, and he also opened up uh, to chat. I think in terms of building up the culture, in the workplace, whether it's like um, Bella, you run company, few women company, right? There are few, you have a few women under you, um, or whether it is a large organization. I think this kind of culture can be inculcated or can mm. be nurtured, and that's where you come in handy. And so, uh, one of the things is trust. I think it's a two-way thing. Bosses need to trust your boss, trust them <laughs> that you will still do your best. Right. Any, anyway, any, every one of us will stumble at some points in our life. Nobody can walk and run all the time without ever stumbling and falling. So those were your stumbling moments. Yet your boss um, believed, trusted you, that you will be able to still keep the show going. Mm. And that's, yep. a, that's an important thing. I think as an employee, correct me if I'm wrong, as an employee, that trust is what drives you. Yep. 
I think it it says a lot because um, most of us are professionals, and and we do what we need to do on the job, and and likewise, I think for the employees, if if as uh, leaders we trust them, that they will do their job, then they will. But the moment that you don't trust, that's also when they are not motivated yeah. to to do their best, and and also having an open door, whether the person chooses to walk in and say, "Hey, I need to talk to you," just gives them that. Level of assurance that you're there for them, and I think that makes a difference between a boss and a leader. All right. Um. So I have a question about female leadership. Do you mm. think there's something fundamentally different between female leaders and male leaders? And <laughs> by right, by right, and then by, by right, death. By, death. <laughs> by, by right, women are. Are more feely, touchy creatures than men are. Yeah, you know, okay. uh, majority of the time. So actually, we do have a lot more compassion, and we we feel uh, other women more. And so, as bosses, I I think we we have the capacity to to support other women in in our workplace, and whether it's peers or colleagues, or teammates. Um, uh, however, because uh, a lot of us grew up in very male-dominated industries, so as we become female bosses rising up the rank, we become men-like, yeah. <laughs> which means yeah. that we're very focused on results, and somehow we have lost the edge of the the empathy, the masculinity, so right? Yes, yes. So in fact, um, surprisingly, um, there was a female boss that took over the male boss, uh, and I didn't tell her until almost quite a few months into my job when she took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wasn't sure where it would land up. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that I didn't trust her, but it wasn't as displayed. Uh, she is a very caring person, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, the workplace has masculine, masculinized. Is that, yeah. is that such a yeah, word? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Women a little bit. So yeah. I, I think to believe in our own power, and to be who we are, I think that's the most important part of being a leader. So well said. Mm. So well said. Uh, D, any questions? Yeah, for Anne. Yeah, I have a question. Just now you said by right. By right, women are touchy-feely and we have, we, by hard wiring, we have more empathy. Mm. By left, have you have you ever encountered um, bosses, yeah. <laughs> female bosses? <laughs> Yeah, like terror, a terror. Terror, yeah. (laughs) I think even in your leadership coaching, you would have encountered. Yeah, tell us. And how do you hardwire them to go like, no, get back to the, (laughs) get back to the light. (laughs) That being said, that being said, right, sometimes um, we are, I mean, I say that not that masculine is bad, which is different, right? Uh, Well, I I did work for a, a lady boss who was very masculine. Um, but masculine sometimes is good, right? Because sometimes women are also touchy feely. We are, uh, we find it a little bit harder to let go on certain issues than men. Then I said, oh, it's okay, just move on, right? I mean, there, there's that pros and cons on both sides. But I have seen uh, leaders um, who are so super tough that it's all about themselves. And I draw the line actually not about whether they're tough or not, whether they're empathetic or not. But the the line is actually when they're self-centered versus other-centered. Mm. So when you're self-centered, then it's all about you, where you want to go, what you want to do, what you want the team to do, and it's your standards that you want people to march to, right? Um, or even if some have developed the art of negotiation and collaboration, it's still where you want them to go. 
right? Yeah. But um, what makes a real difference is from these leaders are when you are more people-centered. When you're more people-centered, that's when you allow yourself to see them for who they are, what is their talent, where are their strengths, and where are they falling, and where are they failing. And giving, like your, your, your podcast, giving them permission to fail, but be there to support them and say, how else would you do it if you were to succeed this time? Yeah, And that moves that position from an inward-looking self to others. I think that, to me, is the crux that makes a leader great. Yeah, and I think that's across both men and women. You know, as a corporate trainer myself, um, many times I encounter employees who share in confidence, you know, about their terror bosses, <laughs> male or female. And I always wonder how can we? So you know, okay, as a boss, let's say this boss realizes that she or he or she or let's say she very has got a lot of masculine energy to the point that it is toxic to her employees how how do you think we can like um approach them and highlight to them hey uh let's balance it up a little bit is there a way because many times what i realize is they do not realize that they're like that well in companies some realize, some don't. So the typical way that companies respond to that is the the their boss's boss will tell them that boss's hey, boss, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, you need to be this, 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 and that, right? You're, you're, uh-huh. To the other way, the other way is that employee feedback when they do the three sixty oh. feedback, and they say, oh. Yeah. But then again, some people don't dare to say because it's their boss. They are afraid to be fired or be found out. So the other way is to find someone neutral, get a coach. It doesn't mean that when you get a coach, it's always somebody that's not doing well, right? But if you get a coach, at the end of the day, what you want the person to 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 have shift is the self-awareness. Once they're self-aware about what they're doing, how they're thinking and how they're behaving and the impact that it has on others, that realization will come in. And then the next thing is, where would they want to be? How would they want to be? What's the role model of a great boss for them? And then that's when they start to shift. Yeah. But it starts from the point of self-awareness. However, you get to that self-awareness. <laughs> but you're right about uh, and about the self-awareness. So that's, I was just thinking in my head, okay, so if the boss's boss and we are training, we are training around with the boss, right? Then the question is like, who who's training the, the leaders? Who are leading the leaders, right? So if the leaders are not willing to even open up to be led, then it's a big question mark because I remember I read a book about, from Simon Sinek and he wrote a book about like uh, leaders eat last and that mentality of like, you know, self-sacrificial in the name of um, community and, um, you know, um, uh, brotherhood, sisterhood, the whole entire company's culture, right, is, um, uh, is, is, is something that is very rare in Singapore. And I have to say this, I have to say that it's very rare in Singapore, uh, which is why when we look at us versus like, uh, you know, in Hong Kong, you know, people in like, you know, uh, productivity is really, really high. When it comes to emotional balance and happiness, we are far from it. So, and do you have anything to say about how leaders eat last and how is that adage true? Do we really have to be self-sacrificial in this process? <laughs> if the, either, if the uh, leader eats last, he either ends up with nothing left to eat or uh, he ends uh, up with everything right. because some people don't yeah. dare to eat. <laughs> so I say eat together. Eat together. When you eat, eat together, together, you're bonding, you're listening yeah. to each other, you're peers. 
Yeah. So everyone would lead in different ways. And that's why you have a team because one is more creative, one is more structured, one is more process oriented, one is more, uh, you know, humorous, one is better with people. And in combination, we can work together. Um, and then you decide who leads in what area and eat together. Why not? And I, I find in Singapore, a lot of the bosses eat last because they're the first in the office and last to lead. They're doing all the work. <sighs> yeah. But the question is, why are they not leveraging the team? It's not about delegation. It's about trust again. Because sometimes they may not be up to your standard yet, but then that's their path to grow. But sometimes as bosses, we're like, you've got to be here. Ah, uh, It's like, oh, let me do it myself. <laughs> yeah. No. So that's why you eat last. Yeah, <laughs> but if we eat right, together, right. okay. And then you why can not? just, yeah, why not work it out? And I, I, I resonate with this, D because I have, uh, I'm the oldest in the company. I mean, I'm 35, so oldest, everyone's a millennial in their 20s, right? Um, and then I realized, okay, how are they going to relate to me? I mean, like, this is my business. How are they going to, but, and the, the idea is that is the whole element of trust factor, right? And I realized, and if I didn't trust them, I will be like, I will have total burnout. So I had to let go and to let go was the uh, was really, really hard for me. And and, and that is why I think I need to come for your class. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have to sign up already. <laughs> oh, the other interesting thing is if you lunch, lunch together and no one huh. lunches with you, then you know you have a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's one thing, Andy. If nobody eats lunch with us, uh, something's wrong already. Yeah, sure. I, I'll take that as a note. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, I realized that if you have been an effective leader, and I have seen this happen to um, very, very good leaders, when I say leaders, men or women, when they eat together with their team, they will never be the last one because the team members will pass the food to them first. Yeah. And that's when you know that they have done something right in their leadership. Talking about that, now those leaders who you know probably watch this podcast and want to ask themselves, okay, am I like that? What kind of leader yeah. I, do I have too much masculinity? Uh, how do I, what, and what kind of questions can they start asking themselves to kind of um, test the ground or test the water within themselves? Mm. What kind of leader are they at this point of time? What kind of questions can they ask? Just ask for open feedback. How do you... So can you describe who I am? Describe who I am. That means asking uh, their team. Yes. I did this before. You know? Yeah. I actually asked uh, my team, like, uh, what kind of a leader do you want me to be? Uh, and it's, it's, it's almost like self-indulgent at one point. <laughs> but I'm like, but I, the, I really need the, feedback, the, you know. Uh-uh. Safest. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, but I really need feedback, you know. But then, but then it, it's not about testimonial or LinkedIn recommendation. But I genuinely needed feedback because you see, and, um, I'm a young leader. I'm not in my 40s or 50s where I have years of corporate experience. It's like I built this business. I grew it from the ground up. So it's very, it is very organic. So um, how then will you, will you advise startups, right? Leaders, women leaders who are trying to actually do this by themselves, all by themselves. I mean, they have no one else to ask because they're probably by themselves solopreneurs. Um, how can they train themselves to be better leaders so that they can be visionary? Hmm. Oh, that's like two different questions. So I, I think it still comes down to uh, building that relationship and trust with the team. Because if you ask a really open-ended question like this, they would know like, oh, what's she up to? Why is she asking me this? Um, so some of the ways we do, we, we talk about like how, how do you get the feedback from the team first, right? Is really to, to firstly align your, your goals and what you want in life individually and as a team. 
because once you know where everyone wants to go and where the team wants to go, then they can decide how they want to play together. And that's when you can then as a team say what kind of leadership is needed for this project or for this team or for this company. Then you shape your behavior based on that. So it doesn't become personal, like, oh, you boss needs to be like this. So when you look at it in a more neutral perspective, people tend to be a little bit more open to share. And then you shape it as a team, then it becomes your cohesive driving force together. So that's that's one way. Uh, but for leaders who want to really get better at who they are, uh, yeah. many ways, <laughs> go and read a lot. <laughs> watch, a lot. watch TEDx podcasts yeah. on about yeah. leadership, get a yeah. coach. And, yeah, uh, joining Paul women empowerment yeah. empower yeah. groups. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would definitely help because it nurtures the mind and the soul, and effectively you perform better. And this is the part where maybe I'll just talk about social a little bit. About what and what do you think about social media? There's there's boon and bane, right? We've all we we all know this, but as um you know, someone uh, you know a lot older, we can discern. And as young leaders, they pretty much absorb whatever it is that they are seeing online and on social, and that that makes up who they are. Um, and therefore, I question, um, you know, authenticity uh, on social media, right? Leaders, leaders, um, how can we actually see if they're truly authentic on the online space? Because we have LinkedIn, and it can be self-indulgent. We have they they are writing stuff and they are really, it's, it's it's almost like okay I know your status updates but you know at the back end you're not like that what what um what can you advise or any advice or, or for us who are using social media to build a repertoire of our leadership any anything to say mm. so there's the receiving and the giving side the receiving side I say trust your gut feel when you hear someone speak whether you know. It is genuine. You can feel it in your heart. You know, you know the person's talking from experience and really coming from good space. Then go listen to those. Those that you feel like, eh, okay, skip. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and of course, giving of ourselves. I think what you're doing here, even with podcasts, is very genuine and honest because you're having conversations. Because at the end of the day, we're learning from people and and what they've been through, and that itself is is a way to learn. Uh, that itself is a way to share and to empower others. So. If you speak from the heart as a giver, then obviously you you will be authentic. I mean, gone are the days where you. Uh, I mean, people still practice that. Right? <laughs> They're all the uh, well well written stories. But if if it's not genuine, at some point in time, it will, it will just fall through because it's just mm-hmm. theories and concepts until you've lived it and walked it. Wow! Yeah, yeah that's goosebumps. <laughs> that just went straight to my heart, right? D, it's just like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you've got to live it. That that part I agree. And there are many leaders on social media, you know, sharing a lot of things. You know, those um, uh, quotes and all. Yeah, yeah. And, and then at some point, you like what you said as well. Your trust, your gut feel. At some point, you will see that hmm, something's not right. So it is very important for you to first live it. And for those who, it's okay, like like say for for example myself, if I'm a leader, um, what kind of questions like what you said? Ask your team, right? But how about what should I ask myself first to start off? You know, to go deep for me to go deep. Uh, what kind of questions? Can I ask, can one ask themselves in order to determine what kind of person or leader they are? I guess uh, in a very simple way, ask yourself why. And to every answer, ask why again. Like, why do you want to be a leader? And why is that important to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why do you want to do it? 
how does that make you feel? What do you want to achieve? And what if you want to do it? So it's really about just digging, digging deeper. Because I think all of us, um, we have all been conditioned, right? Through education, through school, through family, through culture and our religion to behave certain ways. And somehow we're all shaped into that mold. So at the end of the day, what we want to do is very, very personal. So we've got to get down to the level of what's personal for you. Mm. What's in it for you that you want to do this? So once you get into that belief system, your values and your your core motivation, then you will discover what you want to be. And then from that starting point, that's when you start to embellish and look at how do you build up the skills, the mindset to be who you want to be. And do you think it's too late though? Like uh, in our careers, in any part of a career, is it too late to become a leader? I know the answer for everyone was going to say, no, it's not too late. But <laughs> realistically, if I'm starting at 45, I'm going like, you know what? This is my time to shine right now. Do you think it's too late for me to become a leader um, uh, for you know at my workplace? Is this too late? Is it too late to understand more about yourself? Oh. <laughs> is it too late to follow your dreams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can all dream. And who knows, our, we learn more about ourselves and we make a turn, you know, and we decided that, oh, that dream is really what we wanted. We just didn't know it. We were chasing something else. Then go for it. Regardless of age, right? No, it's not about age. At the end of the day, age, it's more about your passion, your gut feel, um, how much do you want it? And if you want it really badly, you go for it. Especially if been, especially since this podcast is about permission to fail, you've been failing in whatever it is that you've been doing. Yeah. At the age of forty-five, Bella, I'm forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you get me, but okay, lah, same, same, yeah. <laughs> um, at the age of forty-five, you want to start something new, um, a new position, a new challenge. Yeah. Um, just go for it. And yeah. fundamentally, it's got to be something that you're passionate about. Otherwise, it's going to be a drag to do it. And yeah. then that's when you know that you need resources, right? Find your friends, yeah. your knowledge, um, whatever it takes to help you get successful. Join yeah. a group. Yeah. Join a women. A group. group. <laughs> yeah. And higher end. Why not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, that, yeah, so let's talk about that end. All right. So this yeah. is... Uh, this is the time to shine, right? I mean, like you have shown us the way uh, and you are a trailblazer, really, really. From the bottom of my heart, I know no one no one can see this, but we are actually recording. We are seeing each other. And I'm looking at Anne in her eyes and letting you know that Anne, you, are, you have stepped into your power and you have, uh, you inspire me in so many ways, Anne. Uh, and, and, and I want to let you know that I thank you for all the single moms out there. And I'm getting really emotional because all the single moms and all the women who have once uh, are, are divorced and feel like they have lost everything. You have just shown me that like, this is just a start and a beginning. So take it away, Anne. If you can speak to all the women out there who's listening in and listening in intent intently, uh, what would you say to them? And how can we contact you for more information about what you do? Okay, go ahead, okay. Anne. Take it away. I think firstly for all the women that are going through tough times, just believe in yourself that you can pull through. Um, because that is actually just the rough part for you to step out to shine, to be the life, to be who you want to be. Uh, so look forward to that light. And uh, for me as a coach, I look forward to supporting uh, people in getting to that light. So I train coaches. So if you like to get your bosses or yourself <laughs> to have a coaching mindset, like uh, exactly what we talked about, being compassionate, being able to 
you know, take away your own ego and supporting the rest of your team, uh, learn coaching. It will really be a life skill uh, that can support you. And of course, there are people who want to then become a professional coach uh, because the offer helps you to get the International Coaching Federation certification. Uh, more importantly, because of me having been a lousy boss before <laughs> and also been in company, now I work with companies to help them build this culture uh, because there are three things to a high-performance team. There is the leadership, the skill set, and the culture. And I think we're in a good space. The moment you are open to learn, to shape it, we're in to help you grow. So, so I'm signing up, guys. If you are listening to this podcast, D, are we not signing up? I'm signing up. Honestly. I'm already a student. <laughs> already. I'm signing up. All right. Thank you so much, yeah. Bella. So Thank yeah, you. and how, how can we how can we how can the listeners um contact you? Tell us your website, how do I contact you so they can find out more about you and okay, you can check out my website at https uh, leadershipcoachingschool.com. And I think pretty yeah. much is there. We share yeah. the link. Yeah, yes, we will we share, share the link it. for sure. Yeah. And Anne is also on LinkedIn, ladies and Jen, whoever's listening. Uh, Anne is also on LinkedIn. You can also connect with her on LinkedIn. And of course, you can also follow her on her socials. We'll put a link in there. But D, I think today is really an eye-opener. I, I really got emotional at one point, but I was holding it back in. I was like, no, no, no. Because um, it reminded me of my uh, my girlfriend's who are going through this uh, and, um, and it's so painful. So for to have Anne over is an honor. Thank you so much for bringing her in into our circle. Mm. It's not easy. Yeah. But I think Anne is, um, it has, um, you know, you have, you have shed your light and you have shed your truth. And I feel that with this podcast, it's going to inspire more women to take that first step. The first step is always hard, yeah, D. The first step is always hard. Yeah. But Anne has shown us today that uh, it can be done so much. Yeah. May I yeah. just add, so, because I just want to follow through with what you said just now, Bella, that yeah. you mentioned, you know, for women who want to take the first step, I think there are two aspects here. If you want to take the first step of getting out of something that is not working, which is your yes. marriage, uh, think hard, don't just do it, you know, uh, randomly or lightly, but yeah, think hard and you feel that there's no other recourse, yeah, get out of it. Just like Anne, just like myself, we were the ones who initiated the divorce. And also, if you are a leader, you've got people under you reporting to you and you want to be that person to be supportive and you're not sure how to go about doing that. You you, you know, sometimes, no, many times, good intentions just do not always come with the right actions. So if you want to be more supportive, you want to have more empathy, you want to gain the trust from your, your staff or your employees, or you want to, you want to, Trust your staffs more. Not sure how to do that. Um, look up for look up for N. Yeah, he has got all the right tools for you for you to find out more about yourself and how you can go about doing that. Right, N? Yes. Thank you. Such a pleasure being on your so show. Honored to have you. Yeah. So honored. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. it's a great Thank thing you you're doing. Empowering women. All the best. Mm. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you so much to my beautiful co-host D. Thank you so much, everyone, for thank listening in, and we will be sharing more stories of more female leaders who have given themselves permission to fail in our next episode. Thank you so much, ladies, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.